on the next episode of Sip Suds and Smokes. I think it is fair to say that Germany knows a thing or two about making beer. Good old boy Dave was looking around at the beer store a few days ago, and he picked up six random German beers for us to try. Astra Ertep, a 4.9 Pilsner from the Carlsberg Group in Hamburg. The Benedictiner Hell, a 5% Helles Lager from the Klosterbrau Etal in Etal, Germany. The Einbecker Brauerin, a 4.9% Pilsner Einbecker Brewery in Einbeck. The Veltens, a 4.8% Pilsner from the Brauerei CAE Veltens in Mescht Grevenstein, Germany. The Gaffel, a 4.8 Kolsch from Gaffel, Becker & Company in Cologne. And finally, Koenig, a 4.9% Pilsner from the Koenig Brewery in Duisburg. We'll be right back after this break. live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, it's time for more suds. Welcome, everyone. Here we are for yet another sud segment where we feel good beer is best when it's paired with, well, really bad accents and long belches. I know we've got the bad accents set up for And yes, we do. Yes, spanning the country for the worst accents ever. Here we are. <laughs> I am your hostess, good old gal Juliana, and joining me at the table today is good old boy Kendall. Oh, I'm excited to be here today. Good old boy Mike. I saw this was a drive through lane to check the prostate. See. Si. <laughs> <laughs> and you bend over, and you bend over, and you bend over. Wow. He's a Bendova show. <laughs> I don't I think he's got a head start on us today. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He's been prepping for a while. Mike was pre-game. Pre I was inhaling first. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Good boy Sean. Welcome back to the table. It is great to be back and great to be with y'all. Yeah, really good to have you here. It's been a while. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. Mike and makes him bend over where he's not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> There's that. I mean, it depends that. on how he bends me over. <laughs> Ooh. You asked what this, what was the pool the, the pool loop for? <laughs> so wow. we will talk about this later. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Good old boy Dave. Hi. Ich bin ein Berliner. Hmm. <laughs> Okay, quick question for everyone here at the table. Who likes it in the can? Anybody? Kendall does. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's fresher. It's always good to point to a friend in close proximity when somebody floats that question. Good old boy, Dave, I know you do. <laughs> I, I think Mike's already opened the whole conversation. <laughs> 
Is this with lube or is it without the lube? <laughs> it's a family beer show. Mm. We're talking about beer today, right? Well, yeah. What do you think I was talking about? Like, ew. <laughs> Anyways, I think it is fair to say that Germany knows a thing or two about making beer, right? Wouldn't you all agree? Yes. Sort of. I mean, they may have kind of defined exactly what beer is a few years ago. <laughs> wow. That's and all. what it is not. Um, <laughs> Indeed. That's a whole different topic. <laughs> not a lot of lactose fruited sours in uh, Germany, I don't think. No, hopefully not. And so with all that time it spends in shipments, sitting in an importer's warehouse, then in a distributor's warehouse, then in a store, all before you can grab it off the shelf to take it home, the flavor and aroma can really suffer. Cans don't solve all of beer's packaging problems, but they can get it or what? But they can. <laughs> but they can help. But they can help. Is yeah. that what that's supposed to all say? Hey, listen, you try writing this when you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so, good old boy Dave was looking around for the beer store a few days at the beer store a few days ago, and he picked up six random German beers for us to try. Go to boy Kendall. Why don't you give us the lineup of these random six German beers? I'd be delighted to. The German canned beers we'll be trying today are Astra Ertep, a 4.9 Pilsner from the Carlsberg Group in Hamburg. The Benedictiner Hell, a 5% Helles Lager from the Klosterbrau Etal in Etal, Germany. The Einbecker Brauerin, a 4.9% Pilsner Einbecker Brewery in Einbeck. The Veltens, a 4.8% Pilsner from the Brauerei CAE Veltens in Mescht. Grevenstein, Germany. The Gaffel, a 4.8 Kolsch from Gaffel, Becker & Company in Cologne. That place smells great. <laughs> <laughs> Especially during Carnival. Yes. And finally, Koenig, a 4.9% Pilsner from the Koenig Brewery in Duisburg. Thanks. Very, I have no that. idea if those words are correct. I, I was just winging it. A lot of, I think a lot of those words were right. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm really impressed. Thanks, Kendall. Okay, go to my mic. The moment we're all waiting for. Please give us the Suds ratings. And um, how is that accent these days? And it's very good indeed. We'll be discussing and rating oh, these beers with the Suds ratings plus our signature belching sounds. Here are those ratings now. And number one. I don't know how to say German one. That sucks. Ein. Ein. Thank you very much. I. It was not on Sesame Street for me to learn <laughs> German numbers. That sucks. Give me anything but an inferior American automobile. Deus? Is that how you say it in German? Zwei. Zwei? Thank you. And zwei, three. Ah, let's see. Was that a joke or should I know? I'm German. Wow. I bet this is hilarious in German. <laughs> what's, what's a three? Drei. Drei. And what is a high school? Was it a HSA four? Unintelligible. In Unintelligible. Eins, <laughs> uh, zwei. Fear. Fear. Ah, the body should not make the sound after you eat the bratwurst. Uh, uh, uh. 
Sven? Fumpf. 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 Listen to the hang timer. Give me another Jäger bomb. I guess it helps when you scream through half of it as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, German sounds so better when it's screamed. At least yeah. Dave had the assist, you yeah. know, so I just, I can hey. throw my voice, but I'm just ignorant in the actual, you know, numbers. <laughs> two two, two years of high school German paid yeah, off. Right. <laughs> Everybody was like, why didn't you take Spanish? I only flunked Spanish <laughs> one and This two. is why. <laughs> and see, I took Spanish and really kicking myself for not taking German. There you yeah. go. Would, do you think you would make better beer if you had stayed in the German class? Uh, uh, that's a good question. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think it's more. I'd have a much better understanding. I think of what the Germans are trying to do. So <laughs> you're saying that you, your thought press, you would have least been thinking German in some part of brewing yes. process. Yes. Is that yes. it? Yeah. But you Won't know, I screwed up this yeast again. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> you know, in the Mexican brewing. Is is a is based heavily in German. Yeah, German and Austrian. Brewing, yeah, brewing tradition. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know, I think you find either way. Nail again, I wish the lager. Just you know. I have no idea what he's saying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> neither do I. So just, you know, there's gonna be a buttload of Germans going. I don't know what's happening. Here. Maybe that would be an interesting precursor of actually becoming a brewer is that you actually have to learn some fundamental aspects of German. I can almost hear like half the brewers dropping out going, no, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I do know. I can screw this up in English or in German. And I'm not sure if it's, it's, I think through the (laughs) Siebel Institute, they do do a a, a German internship. Yeah, over in Domans, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the Domans Institute? I don't know if it's really cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that's the oldest brewing school in the U.S. as well. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, and it kind of makes Once sense. Welcome to the school. <laughs> because um, in medical school, you have to know a bit of Latin, you know, to be able to learn medical terms. Well, so for, yeah. Makes sense. I mean, yeah. you have to do the same thing to go to law school because, you, you know, actually all of the common laws were actually written in Latin. So that's the reason why. Oh. Yeah. I thought you just had to learn how to speak double talk. (laughs) (laughs) No, you just have to know how to say it depends in like five different languages. I think that comes naturally to lawyers. Yeah, right. You have to learn how to speak. (laughs) No, it really is $500 an hour. That's all you have to say, you know, in any language. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, let's get on to those beers. Really? Yes. Mm. Yes. Mike's not ready. Oh, he's ready. Wouldn't I feel you ready? <laughs> yes. What's the first one? The Which first one that we were going to talk about is Astra. Astra. Ertip. Ertip. Yep. Uh, clocking in at four point nine percent. It is a German Pilsner, well balanced with the smooth bitterness and original since nineteen oh nine. Brewed with love in the heart of Hamburg. So a little bit about our process we're using today, because we we have different process for different beers. We have not pre-tasted these beers. No. So we're mm-hmm. tasting them on the fly. You're hearing our live tasting notes and our live ratings. So, But this <laughs> is not blind. So we do know what we're tasting. So at least Dave is not like pouring. We're not stuff. blind drunk until the second yeah, show. He's not poured stuff from, you know, Yugoslavia and going, <laughs> guess, guess what German beers he's <laughs> Well, yeah. not yet. 
first impression is it's kind of watery and a bit weak. You know, there's not a lot of body around this. No, say very not at all. It's very malt forward in that the Pilsner malt really comes through. The- yeah, I, that's what I was thinking. For a Pilsner, you really get a lot of that malt. I, I usually expect a little more hop bite up front. Same here. Then it kind of just washes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, 4.9%. I mean, this is definitely meant Tastes to be Tastes more a- like 1.9%. It's a little thin. Yeah, a little thin, but I mean... It's not you know, bad. It'd be meh. decent on a hot day. Be good with a hamburger. <laughs> Let's get it, because it's from Hamburg. <laughs> yeah, what? I guess. Come on. You're, you're funny. You're funny. Nerd! <laughs> well, uh, sure. This is fairly no, weak. It's it's not bad, but I mean, for super hot summer in a can as you're going in a canoe down the river. I yeah, mean, it's definitely got not? that lawnmower beer kind of quality about yep. it. Yeah, driving yeah, 180 sure. down the Audubon. Oh, well, the yeah. question is: Is would you want to be going down the river with a, a number of these cans, or is this just like a one and done? What, it makes me wonder too if some of these other smaller breweries we haven't heard of as much are going to make a little different beer because this is Carlsberg. I mean, they're a massive. They brewer. are, and it's it's, it's Danish. Multinational conglomerate, yeah. Like, to make the elephant, yeah. Oh, it's like almost micro beer. Yeah. Well, we'll be back for account in just a minute. Is this Germany's Budweiser? <laughs> we'll talk more after we're back. Welcome back, everyone. Today's episode, we're discussing some German beers in a can. One, yes, we are talking German beers. <laughs> This country's eons old, kids. That's centuries to you and me. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So the first beer that we were discussing was from um, Hamburg, and it was the Astra Ertip, the 4.9% Pilsner. We are rating that beer a three. It's kind of generous. Yeah. And now we're going to move to a Bitburger Group beer. Um, the Benedictiner Hell. Apparently, this brewed in Abbey, right? Or something. Some kind of thing. Some kind of thing? Yeah, it's a cluster brower. It's either a cluster or a cloister. So, <laughs> well, we're about to find out. Yeah. Cluster brewery yeah. from Etal, Germany. Typical Bavarian style lager that's golden yellow in color with a pleasant malty sweetness balanced by a little bit of dryness. Definitely malt forward. Mmm. Now this one's got some stuff in it. This has a lot more body. I love it. I'm, but I am more of a Hellas guy than a Pilsner guy. You give me a good Hellas. I mean, I've always said if there's only one beer I could drink, it would probably be a Hellas style beer. Oh, so I, it's, this is right on spot for style because it has that sweet pop finish, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, but yet it's still incredibly tight and crispy. You know, kind of up front. So I. I like this. Yeah. I'm enjoying this quite a bit. Yeah. I think Bitburger, they're they're not as big as Carlsberg. I think they're they're just in Germany, but they're they have different brewery names and stuff. They have a big portfolio. They have the Bitburger, the Kostritzer, the Koenig Pilsner, the Lischer Kraftwerk. And then the Benedictiner beers too. So mm-hmm. there's there's quite um, a variety um, and a big portfolio that they have. Yeah, this is just really easy drinking. I mean, it's, maybe it's a little bit more than lawnmower, but this is like everyday stuff. It is an everyday beer. It's Kendall, delicious. This is good pizza beer. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Kindle beer or right tacos. Lawnmower. You need a need a picture of this. Yeah, it's kind of 
So the the front end of this taste profile is you get all that malt, you know, mm-hmm. kind of right off the back yeah. or right off the front. It's very floral, you know, kind of uh, right up front. In the middle, you get the the hop, and what an incredible balance, you know, off this. Sean's shaking his head vehemently. So mm-hmm. that's a tough thing to pull off to get the hops in the middle, not up front, right? Right, right. Yeah. And or not have them linger. But then, you know, they're really, you know, uh, true to style because it finishes out like a Hellas. I mean, you get this, you know, very pleasing, you know, simple, you know, sweet finish coming off the back end. So, I well-constructed, great taste profile. I mean, if this is not in the BJCP under the reference stand for, for Hellas, I would offer this up and say, yeah, that would be, you know, a good reference standard for a great German Alice all day long. Hey. I agree. The finish is so clean, which makes this a perfect uh, food beer and food beer, especially for food. It's got a lot of flavor and a lot of punch. Like you said, pizza, like pepperoni pizza. Yeah. This right. thing's going to cleanse the yeah. palate and it's just going to keep going. Uh, yeah. You know, even a spaghetti dish. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Want a good beer. Go this to hell. Is, yeah. Right. Yeah. I think the only thing I would say is they need to change the ordering process because you need to order two pitchers, not one of this. <laughs> <laughs> two for Tuesdays. True. True. Well, we will be reading the Benedictiner Hells um, from Etal, Germany, A4. Uh, good job. Etal. Way to do it. Way to make it happen. Moving on, we're going to go to the Einbecker. Um, this is a 4.9% Pilsner from Einbeck, Germany, for those of you just... Einbeck. Yeah. Did, did um, we open up the second course in Einbeck? Very nice. The um, yeah, never mind. characteristic bitter taste, unique and perfectly matured, the perfect composition of the best hops and selected fine malts bring a classic bitter character to the Einbecker. That's pretty Pils. good, man. Yeah, this is really refreshing. There's that bitterness I was looking for on the first Pilsner. Yeah. Yeah, you've got that. The Pilsner mold is definitely coming through, mm-hmm. but there's a nice hop balance to it that really just. Man, I got Einbecker. <laughs> <laughs> for those playing along at home, Dave has just cracked open a can of the Einbecker yeah. and has complete, made a complete mess. I didn't believe hit the wall. Kendall sabotaged me. I saw him grab it and shake it, and I didn't think he. I only shook it a few times. I only brought the can that you should check. That beer just blitzkrieged me right in my lap. <laughs> so, Sean, when you're uh, coming up against this style of beer, do you do you just charge into it and go, I have a recipe, I'm just going to follow it? Or do you, I mean, these simple beers are just so easy to screw up. I mean, that's, that's I would be hyperventilating making a, a Pilsner. I would be, I, yeah, I've tasted so many good ones. I'm like, crap, I'm, there's no way I'm going to stand up to anything this good. I mean, that's always the challenge for a brewer is, is making a Pilsner and making it great because every other brewer is going to judge you based on the Pilsner that you make. Mm-hmm. So well, there's nowhere to hide yeah, and there's no. nowhere to hide. There you yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, that's the ultimate testament of a brewer is can you make a good clean lager and uh, make it so that other brewers want to drink it? Uh, and uh, yeah, no, it's a challenge, and, and it's it's one of those for me. I do a lot of research. Uh, like when I came up with my Italian pills recipe, uh, big deep dive into what literature I could get my hands on, which there isn't much. Uh, find out which breweries are doing it, um, and uh, and then yeah, and then just you know, 
uh, hope for the best once you once you write that recipe. I didn't even really know that Italian Pilsner was a thing. So, uh, yes and no. It's basically like a North German-style Pils that is dry hopped. And then okay. there's some mm-hmm. arguments that the Germans are dry hopping as well. Uh, but there is some, if I remember correctly, it's been a little while since I wrote the recipe, there is a little bit of caramel malt in there as well, which mm-hmm. gives it some extra body and character. Is and in that the... No, actually, Peroni, it, that's just it. Most people think, oh, it's Italian-style Pils must be like a Peroni. It's not. It's it's um, and I'm uh, Bira Barifico, I think, is yeah. is the originator of the style. Oh. Uh, so it's a small craft brewery in in Italy that uh, that came up with it. And the guy likes really likes North German style pills, and uh, but he decided to add his own little uh, twist, twist on it. Right? And uh, you know, the big signature for that is you know you can do whatever you want with the dry hop, but spalter uh, spalt hops are, are generally the preferred hops uh, for for dry hopping on Italian style pills. Mm. It's a wonderful style. In fact, I just enjoyed a can of it a week or so ago that I got from good old boy Mike. He brought up an Italian pills from Ology in Florida. Oh, I and saw that one. June and I made some uh, pasta a pasta dish, and yeah. I enjoyed it with that. It was spectacular. Yeah, if you uh, definitely want to drift back into our catalog and uh, listen to the. Uh, Ology uh, show out of Tallahassee. I mean, they are really making some great beers. That was a great flight, great product roundup. And I, that was one of the, I don't believe that beer was on that show. It, it was not. not. No, and, it uh, you know, I, it really caught my attention. And I, I'm glad you mentioned it because it would have stood up well, even mm-hmm. with the flight of, you know, Pilsners we have today. I don't know if it would have held up well against this Seinbecker because I think this, this is a great, classic you know pills this is very crushable what was this for something 4.9 Four nine. yeah i mean it's um it's definitely in that same category of you know i don't want one pitcher i want two of these and uh i it's just um very approachable this the balance of the you know of the pilsner and this and and what hops what few hops if anything are in this i mean it's yeah I don't need it's a pitcher, really but just keep bringing me one liter Steins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. please. The only thing you need to know is my cup is almost empty. <laughs> it's well, fantastic. There's more near yeah. you. Well, and it's, you know, that's the cool thing. It's like it doesn't have to be some complex, you know, long yeah. list of ingredients, man. I mean, <laughs> if you can just do it right with three or four things. I yeah. mean, wal- water, malted barley, and hops. There you go. <laughs> and then yeast, as they yeah. later discovered. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Louis Pastor. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Exactly. But if you're doing it well, you're getting a, a nice amount of flavor. And, you know, with a 4.9, I mean, we've had some beers that are 4.9 and 4.8, and you're just like, where is the beer? Where's the beer, yeah. It's just water. But, yeah. I mean, this proves that you can get really nice flavor with lower ABV. So who's going to brew the first lactose pilsner? That's what I want to know. I'm sure it's already happened. Shut your mouth. Somebody oh. in Alabama's done that already. <laughs> a milk pilsner. Oh, keep that one welcome, away from welcome, me. Welcome, y'all. Come yeah. on up here. We got the we got the lactose pilsner today. Yeah. Milkshake pilsner. Yeah. Oh, God. Roll Tide. Here's another one. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Okay. <laughs> Well, <laughs> but Sean, the, are you laughing because that's just a little too close to the truth? Is that it? No, no. I mean, I'm already thinking. You know, it's 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 one of those you know New York Brooklyn breweries that's already done the the lactose lager. Maybe. Oh wow, maybe. Yeah, I mean, not throwing you know Brooklyn breweries under the bus, but you know, there's some crazy stuff coming out of Brooklyn. Crazy, yes, there's yep. some crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as to be expected. <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, the Einbecker Braherin Pilsner, we are rating a four. 
I think it sucks. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did spill on my lap. Oh, okay. So, so for the part that spilled, so yeah. Who would be making that lactose pilsner? In okay, New York it is called breaking the law. <laughs> oh my goodness! There you go. <laughs> you don't say. It's new, a great name. new level brewing. Uh, I don't know where they're from. They might be in Germany. No, that that can't no. be. No. Breaking the law, breaking the law. And not to be confused with the newest rage, cold IPA. <laughs> Which, dude, I still real. don't get. I don't, I'm like, right. so how is this not an India pale lager? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's yeah. because you're drinking with your other hand. That's what makes it, you know, really work well, you know, from a marketing perspective. Mm. Well, I can definitely see this being on the mad scientist line for um Six point. Um, I mean, they really have such a broad range of things that they do on the Mad Scientist line. And a lot of you don't know, don't get to see those beers if you're outside the New York City area. Um, so you probably know Six Point from like Resin is their, you know, diehard standard. You resin, know, they have Tiger, Tiger dub, Claw. Double Resin, Triple Resin. Yeah. Um but the thing is, they have this whole mad scientist line that are fresh beers and even cask beers that are available, you know, in the city. And there's some pretty wild stuff, you know, they put on that line. I can definitely see other half, you know, going down that path. And I was since they half. already do quite a bit of, you know, lactose-infused <laughs> yeah. things that shouldn't have lactose in them, you know, um, I can definitely see them going down the path. I would almost see, that. like, Evil Twin or somebody doing that just just because... No, I, was I can't, thinking, I can't I was see thinking, Yepa doing that. So I was thinking other half. Yeah. that's When I said Brooklyn Breweries, that was exactly who I was that's thinking. Really, no, you yeah. were thinking of Brooklyn Breweries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brooklyn, you, you're thinking of other half. Breweries and Brooklyn, Brooklyn or Brooklyn yes. Breweries. You're so. not the Brooklyn Brewery. Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I, I think Garrett's got a little too much respect for me. I, I don't, yeah. <laughs> has he even touched any lactose in that entire line? I don't think so. In, That's a good question. Brooklyn, they think they might is. wait till he goes on vacation. Uh, I can't see single cut doing it. Yeah. That new level there in uh, Calgary, Ontario, Canada. Yeah. Well, that explains everything. Friggin' Canadians. There you go. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> Moving on. Let's go to Meshedy Gravenstein, Gravenstein, Germany. Sure. Yeah. And uh, Velton's, the 4.8% Pilsner. Even before enjoying fresh Velton's Pilsner, the quality-conscious consumer will notice the bright, mm. shiny, golden luster of the premium product in the white it and green can. It is bright and shiny. Mm-hmm. Bright and shiny and a little watery for me. Yeah. It's really clear. I didn't know beer was supposed to be clear. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> a stark contrast between the other Pilsner that we just had <clears throat> with the Einspecker. This, excuse me, this is the, the hop is forward. You know, in this, mm -hmm. it's the first thing that you get. Um, Very yeah. prevalent. So, yeah, yeah th all that nice, you know, lovely Pilsner malt, it's like crushed way in the back of the taste profile, this. I, I think I like this one because it is at Hoppy. In fact, this is the only beer of the flight that I know I've had before. Um, I've had at least a few four packs of the Velton Pills at home, and uh, I enjoy this one because of that big hoppy character that it brings. Hmm. It's not creamy. It's kind of a, you know, 
I think it's a combination of that bitterness from the hops that it just, from a mouthfeel perspective, it something's missing, you know, or it's, I should say it's too abrasive. It's very fizzy and it tastes kind of like nothing. <laughs> Sean said something earlier. This reminds me of some American IPLs because it is so hot forward. Yeah, I was going to say this is, it's very American for me. Um, you know, than the, than the other Pilsners that we've had, which I guess for some people is a good thing. If you don't like a traditional Pilsner, then this is the way to go. I would be dumping this if I had made this and I was aiming for a Pilsner because I would have missed the mark from for myself. I, I would have been disappointed in myself. I would have called it a hoppy Pilsner. Yeah, yeah there you go. I would have changed what I was yeah, aiming for. I just for. call it something else. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally meant that. This, this is an American Pilsner. There you yeah. go. That's, that's, yeah, that's the American <laughs> part in there. Like. Yeah. yeah it's almost like, I wonder if what it's like in Germany or if they have a different one they sell because this almost feels like it was made for the American market. Like, this is the one they sell at the hotels. and uh, I think I just heard bar. the brewer's head explode when I said that. Yeah. What, what did you say? It's not American Pilsner. <laughs> it's a German <laughs> Pilsner. You, you Americans think you know beer. <laughs> Off with his head. We will make American beer better than American. No cable TV fuel. <laughs> but I wonder, do a lot of countries do that? Like, I mean, have a brewery that makes something a little bit more amped up for American customers. Well, I would definitely say, you know what for, I mean? especially for those, you know, multinational brands like Carlsberg, you know, where they're really trying to make sure that they have a 30 country distribution scheme, you know, they really have to aim for uh, a palate and a taste profile that is really going to span a tremendous, you know, a number of people. Sure. I think Guinness is a good example of a there you go. of of a brewery that caters or has catered their product to the American market. The big G definitely, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, has to deal with a very broad range. You know. Well, also though, like, and I remember specifically from one of the Shelton Brothers um, events. There was a brewery from England, and they had some IPAs, and they were like straight up American, like is hot that, forward IPAs. Was that cloud, cloud, is it cloud water? Yes, cloud water, hundred percent. And so I, I do think that the American craft culture, or whatever you want to call it, has really influenced probably England more than most other countries. But I do think a lot of other countries, I see their craft breweries do kind of mimic um, the Amer- American taste profile. Yeah, and I think Grain King and Acorn even make some, yeah. you know, hoppy versions and dry hop versions of, um, of I, some of their beer styles. Yeah, and I was watching a like a, a thing in Japan, Japan, and they were going around and trying different craft beers made in Japan, and a lot of them were very uh, American style. Yeah. I tell you, one of the best beers I had, a craft brewers conference, uh, a brewer from Yokohama Bay visited my brewery, and he dropped off one of his pilsners, and I cracked it up, and it, it was Ooh. just on point, unbelievable. It really? was wow. it was such a treat. So, huh. and was he, it like tr- very traditional? Very traditional, yeah. Yeah, oh, I was cool. I was really impressed. That's so. awesome, dude. Yeah, cool. see, man, Sean gets all the good stuff. <laughs> Not all the time. I like this one better than everybody else. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'll go with that. I mean, I'm, I think yeah. well, so. Majority rules. Call yeah. it Tim. Okay. Um, well, the Velton's Pilsner from Meschede Gravenstein. Germany, and forgive me, we are going to rate a two. You would have got a better score if we could pronounce your city. So just think about that, Veltons. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Fix it. 
guess I need to take German next. This is America. (laughs) Yeah. So, Sean, I think that, uh, you know, that would be the thing. If I was definitely brewing a Pilsner, I would almost plan to dump like five recipes, you know, and I would be working the crap out of my pilot system. You know? Yeah, I mean, that that's the problem, though, is that you've got to wait a good month and a half, two yeah. months if you're going to do the proper well, lagering process. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Well, that's just it. I would probably run five recipes and have five carboys sitting there, and I would, you know, you know, do them all because they would all be in the same temperature, you know, set up by doing right. it that way and making sure that they're all, you know, finishing out, you know, the exact same well, same way. And then I would probably plan on dumping, you know. Well, we'll be right back with more discussion in just a minute. Wow. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> uh, the things you miss when we're at commercial. But it's horizontal beach wood. You know, it's yeah, horizontal right? beach wood. Well, I think that's, that's vertical I, beach So wood. I think while, while we were away, Kendall identified what all these beers are <laughs> missing. missing. There's no beach wood. There's no no beach, beach wood aging. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. You can't make a lager if you don't age it. Well, we one. were having, you know, I thought it was a really good discussion that because, you know, we were. Uh, a lot of the lagering setups we've seen, you know, move between fermentation tanks that are horizontal or vertical. And yeah. the vast majority of breweries work with vertical, you know, very tall silos. At least American craft brewers. Yeah. yeah. And yet, ale producers. Yeah. And, yeah. Yes, and yet some of the best lager, you know, beers that we know, at least that are made locally, are with, you know, horizontal tanks. Actually, they're dairy tanks that have been repurposed, you know, for the most part. Short and squat cases. kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's some interesting history behind that uh, because the idea was is that these they were digging caves to store the beer because the caves would stay cool. Also, they needed to lager means to store. And so, uh, you know, it's easier to dig you know, horizontally than it is to dig vertically. And so that's where a lot of these lager tanks became, were more horizontal than they were vertical. Wow. And then you Makes also sense. look at the fact that over time that yeast is going to self-select um, be, because of the conditions that it's in. And so, yeah, you, and then the other part of that is, is that those horizontal tanks allow more, more surface, surface area. area for the yeast to be in contact with the thing. liquid yeah. versus mm-hmm. those conical tanks that you normally see in American craft breweries where that yeast is going to sell down to the bottom and there's only going to be a certain la- layer of yeast that's going to be really accessible to the liquid that's above it well and the lager yeast is working on the bottom anyways right right so right you want uh, it to, to be more spread out well, yeah. like cliff gotcha. clavin you know uh score just went up by you know another 20 points because <laughs> i can even distance myself even yet another half foot with people yeah. with that completely useless fact <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sean. I mike that. was running out of useless trivia to yeah. start his own so round. i think the question i would throw with timmy were here you know because i know that he has uh, uh horizontal lager tanks where he did you know where he was um but I would think that it would be a bigger pain in the butt to clean those out. Not necessarily. If they're designed right, if you've not converted a dairy tank into it. Which uh, is it, what he was, he was working, working with. with yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. I mean, if they're designed from the get-go, uh, you know, the, you can just you just put multiple spray balls through the you know over the course of the top of the tank, and as long as those spray balls cover all the surface area, it's just a matter of making sure you're pumping and through a little enough. bit of uh, yeah. incline and the incline know, where yeah it all runs you know at least to one, one corner. Well, right, and right. also if if some of the people in your brewery have like eight year old children, you can push them down <laughs> into the tank and have them scrub. Yeah, scrub it yeah. Out, Tim's former know. employer definitely had that yeah. advantage as yeah. well. So he, hey, kids, who wants to play in the beer cave today? Okay. <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> Don't forget to Go lock fetch. <laughs> Don't forget to lock out. Yeah. Tag out. Put on your 
special spacesuits, you know. Wait. Where where's where is Mark? He you know, where is where's you know, where's Timmy? Where all our children are missing, you know, yeah. you know, six weeks later. We're dead in the locker tank. Yeah. Don't lick the hop trub. <laughs> I mean you can if you want to, yeah. but you you're gonna learn an important Once lesson. You yeah. at the boys to win top of the ball. If you get stuck in a beer tank, you can drink yourself out. I That's, saw that yeah. on uh, Strange, Strange Brew. Brew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rick, Rick Moran has proved that beyond yep. a yeah. doubt. I am yeah. up to the challenge. Uh, <laughs> no hosers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, for those of you just tuning in, today is a German We're beer yeah. in the can episode. What were you thinking? <laughs> and uh, we've been talking about some Who different... Who told you I like it in the can? <laughs> mm. um, we've been turkey- talking about some German-style beers from Germany that are in cans. The next one that we are going to discuss is a Kolsch, something a little mm. different than what we've had Um in the previous segments. This is from Gaffel. It's clocking in at 4.8%. The classic mm. Gaffel Kolsch is particularly fresh. Uh, it's a specialty beer from Cologne, brewed according to the time-honored family recipe from and the German purity law of 1516 with water, malt, hops, and hops extract. The delicately bitter, pleasant, slightly hopsy taste, hopsy taste, oh, that's interesting, is characteristic for this traditional product and clearly distinguishes their Kolsch from other Kolsch brands. Yeah. And I would definitely say it's hot yeah. forward. It's definitely hot forward for a Kolsch. You usually expect a little more of that malt character all yes. the way through. Right. I think that's why I like this one it's more than most. Yeah, it starts off down that path, but... I think, you know, to me, uh, really great Kolsch's have a pop of some citrus, usually lemon off mm-hmm. of it, and it has to have, be a crisp, dry finish. And uh, that would be emblematic of that. I know that this has been lagered and it's finished out dry. Those are two things that are missing here. It's it's um, very soft. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it doesn't have that crisp pop yeah. you get. So uh, I love the I love the choice of the malt and the yeast that they've used here. I just uh, uh, I'm not a fan of how this finished. What's out. a what's a, like a a go to Kolsch? Like I'm trying Re, to think. Uh, Restorf. Okay. Um, what's one that I little can't? <laughs> wow, little king. Really? I mean, <laughs> that's my go to German. Um, yeah. I'm trying to remember if there's any others Sierra that are Nevada easy to makes get. A Kolsch. Um, I haven't seen that in a remember. while. There's not a lot of American Kolsches. I mean, here in Nashville, the um, Chaser Pale yeah, from right. Blackstone is a Kolsch. Yeah, yeah, That's pretty traditional. One. Yeah, I'm just trying to yeah. think of like comparison points. You know, I know yeah, it's uh, it's hard because a lot of the German ones you get here are not fresh, so it's really hard to get an idea of what a really good Kolsch is. And I've had so many people say, if you drink Kolsch in Cologne, completely different experience. Yeah. Yeah, and I could I could see why. Well, that's why I'm like I'm hoping that these being in the can, it helps a little bit. I mean, it's not gonna, you know, if there's been improper storage and and time is always against you. Yeah, I think beers like this. You know, if I had yeah, if I had to probably pick, uh, I think what is really put this particular beer at peril is 
time and an interchange of temperature, you know, probably a good 10 times. It, it tastes like half the beer probably that it was when it came off, you know, the line. Yeah. It just, you know, it's very diminished. Yeah. Um, and I, it's just not all there, you know, that's, yeah, yeah, I'm not particularly a fan of this. And, and in terms of the style, it's, it's not that the beer sucks. It's just, you handed me a Kolsch and I'm drinking something that it's not quite a Kolsch. It's like a mini Pilsner. Yeah. It's like a little King's. Well, but then, <laughs> isn't this the beer style that can be ailed or lagered so i guess that depends well, too right. you know what i mean it's a hybrid yes, yes. um i always made a decent cold yes, they did. They? They did. yes. yeah that's true i remember when they, were, when they were still making beer hmm. well there's another brewery there in st louis that makes a whole fleet of uh german style beers oh, yeah. uh, urban and, chestnut mm-hmm. yeah yes that's it they yeah. make a really good kolsch yes they're, all their german beer their lagers are just exceptional yeah and then I remember there was a, a German Kolsch and a red can I used to get. I think it was like Restore yep. or something like that. I think that. that's it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that's really, I mean, you don't see a lot of them out there. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Very disappointing. People should make more. We, we're, we're rating yeah, here. We're, yeah. There's, there's, there's some death. Yeah, there's yeah, some hand fighting. Was everybody there's some hand fighting going on here, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the Gaffel Kolsch from Cologne, Germany, we're going to rate a two. Mm. Dry. Yeah. Dry. Sorry, dry. it's fine. And, All right. and for dry. what it's worth, according to the date code on the bottom of this, it's supposed to be good until October of 2021. Negative. No maybe, way. Maybe in some countries. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Not America. Yeah. Just, yeah. No, I, I, again, I don't think it was a bad beer. It tasted okay to me, and I would I would drink it. But I'm trying to fix in my mind a good, a really good Kolsch that I've had, and it's been so long that I can't create um, a comparison point. I, I can see the glass that my friend brought back from Colon from Carnival, but... Yeah, I can't remember the name of that that specific one. And she brought yeah. back that beer as well, and it was really tasty. Actually, it was uh, Allison that uh, brought it back. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. cool. Yeah. 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 So that was, yeah, it was it was really tasty, and uh, it was a very nice treat. And especially to get it served out of the glass, they've got a nice, tall, skinny glass that it is traditionally served out of. The yeah. Stange. Is that what it's called? Yep. Yeah, we have S-T-A-N-G-E. a well, we, um, you know, I mean, and I think. Would that make like, it a stange brew? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so exactly. I loved a little bit of our uh, pre production conversation that, you know, we have a little bit of time to bleed in here. So, so Kendall floated. He was like, Mike, what pole lube were you talking about? <laughs> wow. And so, yeah, I'm like. You know, just because it's a can show, Mike, I don't. <laughs> So yeah, I was listening to the winter beer show from right. uh, that just hit, and uh, yeah, a little bit about Philadelphia in there. So, uh, in I guess you just had to know the context. So that after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, they lubed up all of the light poles so that people would not go up on the light <laughs> poles, and still there were idiots, you know, that managed to, you know, funnel the way. Is that some beaming pride coming off you, Julian? Going, that's my state, man. <laughs> that's us. That's us. Hey, we're, we're just right all there about on preparation. the front page, you yeah. know. Yep. Idiots, you know, swinging from the fences. 
Little lube never stopped them, right? Yeah. yeah. So I love how it's Sean, always sunny. But I love how Sean got in the conversation. He was like, "No, that's nothing, man. Let me tell you about this venue." Yeah. So there used to be a place uh, called Three Twenty Eight Performance Hall in Nashville. Uh, unfortunately, it's no longer there. Uh, it it's is a now great been great place for shows. <laughs> a questionable uh, place for shows. Certain, but, uh, <laughs> certain size of shows. Certain, certain cool. size of shows, and depending on the act. But if you if well, it was yeah. if it was a, if it was an act that was necessarily more on the quiet side, or someone that's more. I wouldn't say artistic merit, but you know, definitely there was a lot more nuance to their music. It was a terrible venue. Um, there were no, there were a number of shows that I skipped there because I never it, saw any of those shows. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I had a, a a live sound class when I was attending uh, university, uh, working on my music industry degree, and uh, we were told never grab the pipes that are uh, going across the ceiling because they're all covered in Vaseline to keep uh, people from at punk rock shows from grabbing a hold of them and swinging uh, from from those pipes. So Swinging into the pit. <laughs> so, so the part of this whole story that I, I've had a little more time to think about it, I'm like, how did that conversation come up? We're like, right. you know, it's like, so, um, yeah, so last night we had some people that, you know, were swinging from the poles. So here's what I want you to do this week. I, I got like a five-gallon bucket of Vaseline and I want you to go up and lube down all of these pipes. Or the insurance adjuster saw the show last night and he encourages (laughs) to put Vaseline on the pipes to keep people off of this. I don't know if that would improve your standing with the insurance company. (laughs) It almost makes it, you know. It's like they thought they were going to grab a hold of a pipe and they slipped right off. Well, and, like, what, yeah. and what happens if some of the Vaseline hits the floor? It's like you've created a hazard now, yeah. you know. Well, you were mainly dodging beer bottles and beer cans that were on the floor at that venue. So, well, like, well, who's who is the pipe luber? Like, is it, is it a special guy that they bring in? He's like, he's like, oh yeah, I've done this before. And, yeah. and where do you put that on your resume? It's like so. I strategically place Vaseline on pipes to keep people from hanging on them. Jethro, what's your what's your secret skill? I'm a pipe luber. <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to speak out of turn, but uh, from from that time period back in Nashville, there were a few places where you could probably find people with that kind of experience. Well, if you ain't gonna yeah. hire me, hire my brother Gunther, because yeah. both of us together, we're the good lube guys. Yeah, yeah for, for those that haven't been to Nashville or haven't been to Nashville for a long time, the ability to give directions based on strip clubs is no longer a thing yeah. <laughs> you know it's uh there used to be a lot of strip clubs that you'd be like oh turn right at uh this this place and yeah. uh you know if you go, go past to, this yeah, yeah. If, if you hit showtime you've gone too far right right yep <laughs> yeah which what's, was what's true in many ways yes it's the next tenant that comes along you know to use that venue after whatever you know is there now it's like they they get up in the ceiling and they're like wait what is all this lube doing up here man you know on this pipes I mean, you know it's like where do you Why where do you start so, with that, you so know? sticky yeah. it's a gift boutique with yeah. well lube pipes yeah don't turn on the black light that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> oh god i was enjoying i i thought it was worthy of us talking about that topic mike today. has never met a lube conversation <laughs> <laughs> Well, Kendall started it. Yeah. Yeah, Sean, Kendall. Sean kept it going. I just decided to, to bring it to the show because I was enjoying a conversation. The, That's all. The people need to hear this. That's right. <laughs> listen, if you have that on your resume, listen, drop us a line here at info at subsidesmokes.com. We want to know if your job is a pipe luber. We want to we want to know about it. We'll send some beer to you to say thank you. I mean, my cousin's a pipe fitter. <laughs> Not the same thing. Mm. Well, they use lube, though. We're going to lube it to fit it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, how do you how do you have small talk with a conversation with somebody like that at the bar? So what do you do, man? I'm a pipe fitter. You know, you, you, like, you might have noticed my work at 328 or yeah. in Philadelphia. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, right. I, yeah, I always look forward to a good championship win in Philadelphia. You know, that's that's some good business. You know, that that will give me a good six months of salary. <laughs> hey, nobody appreciates pipe fitters until you're uh, spring right, league. We got one more beer right, All right. Quick here. God. <laughs> All right. Last up is going to be uh, from Koenig, and it is going to be their Pilsner clocking in at 4.9%. Pale yellow in color with floral and citrus aromas. Great beer. Super solid. Um, I like how it yeah. starts. I like how it finishes. The middle is awesome. I think Mike and I have disagreed on most of these beers. Um, of all the Pilsners we've had, I'd say it's at the bottom of my list. Uh, same mm-hmm. here. I don't like how it finishes. Right. It leaves a, it's like, a little it's harsh. A, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. bitter on the back it's end. A, it's yeah. astringent. But that's yeah. what Mike likes. Mm. Yep. I think okay. we got this one. Okay. Three. All right. We are going to rate the Koenig Pilsner a three. Needs more lube. <laughs> do, do better, Koenig. <laughs> Do better. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for us today. A German in the can. German beer <sighs> in the can. Well, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening to us online, do yourself a favor and tap. Give it a little tappy. Tap, tap, tap a room. You know you want to tap that button. The easiest way to listen to our show is to ask Siri, Alexa, Google, or Uncle Larry play podcast Sip Suds and Smokes. We love your feedback, and you can reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every day at Sip Suds and Smokes, or Sip Sud Smokes, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. You know, real news or uh, fake news. Otherwise, uh, you'll be able to interact with thousands of other Loop fans news. on those social media platforms. And do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode. If you're listening to us online, that's a big help to us. And we get to see your feedback as well. <laughs> Straight out of India. <laughs> <laughs> Good boy, Kendall. Thanks for being here. It was a pleasure. I love it. Please tell us about our blo- your blog. My beautiful wife and I blog about the good news of good beer at beermakes3.com. Good old boy, Mike. Hey, thanks for joining me and my fake uh, German accent today. Come back joining us for another exciting episode of Sip, Suds, and Smokes. I'll ask you to keep on sipping. Good old boy, Sean. Great to be back again, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll, you'll be hearing more of me in the future. Yay! Good old boy, Dave. Oh, are you, are you sad it's ending? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is good old gal Juliana. Thanks so much for listening. Catch you later and keep on chuggling. Tan Hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time. (laughs) 